I took a position as a worship pastor and a teaching pastor. I would lead worship in front of 2,000 people, go up the elevator to my office on the third floor, and look for ways to take my own life because I just truly felt that I'd failed God. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, who found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of being a perfectionist. What? I know, you may be thinking that being a perfectionist is a good thing, right? But actually, in life, perfectionism can weigh negatively on a person's mental and emotional health. To demonstrate that, today on our show, we will have Eddie Anders, who was a very successful person in life who worked even with famous people like Dolly Parton. And he also owned a million-dollar business, but it was never good enough. And he ended up in a depression where he was going to commit suicide. Eddie, thanks for being here today. It's great. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, Eddie, it really is an honor. I wanted to have you on the show because I think a lot of people struggle with perfectionism that affects them in a negative way. I understand that you're growing up in a Christian environment, but you experience Christianity in a legalistic way. Or instead of having a relationship with God, you really felt like you had to earn everyone's love, including God's. Is that right? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I think the people were sincere, you know, people love me and all that kind of thing. I wasn't abused at all, but the situation was they kind of taught you to live from the outside in. In other words, you perform for God, you do things to please God and please the church and please the leaders and please your parents and please, please, please. And if you make everybody happy enough and you check up all the boxes and you look like it, sound like it and perform like it, then everybody will be pleased, including God. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of created a weird thing, you know, of performance-based Christianity where you're always trying to prove yourself and try to be accepted. Hmm. So I understand that that level of perfectionism instilled in you, which is the social perfectionism, by the way. I understand that despite being successful, you were never really happy inside. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, that bent that I had growing up that way turned into, you know, had a black belt in perfectionism. So I was never satisfied with anything. You know, it's good to have a strong work ethic and even to be driven and all those kind of things that they teach us in American entrepreneurship. But mine went to the extreme and I just never could be happy. There was always more. There was always more. I mean, I could do concerts and have 3,000 people there, personal concerts, just my own. And I'd sell all the product at the table, have three standing ovations, and a lot of people respond for prayer. It was a ministry-oriented situation. And still, I got in my car and drove home unsatisfied, thinking I could have done this better, done this better. You know, if only I brought more product, I could have sold more. You know, so I was always kicking myself for something. Mm, Yeah, I understand. To be honest, I remember when I was younger, despite being successful at certain things, I was always self-reflecting on how I could have done it better, just like you. So I understand that with perfectionists, they usually don't handle things well when they don't go the right way. Can you tell us of a time when your perfectionism didn't turn out so well? 
Yeah, well, through the years working, you know, I call it in the land of Oz, living behind the curtain. I became real cynical because I saw a lot of things that shouldn't be the way they were. And I was disappointed in some of the people that I had looked up to all my life and wanted to work with. And when I finally got there, you know, I was really disappointed and hurt because of what I saw, sometimes hurt by them. And then I finally got my dream in that we built our own place, a family entertainment venue called Eddie's Heart and Soul Cafe. And it was a cross between Cracker Barrel, Hard Rock Cafe, and Willow Creek Community Church. You know, it was this <laughs> cool combination of things. But we didn't promote it as a Christian place. We wanted to compete in the secular world. In fact, our goal was to get to downtown Disney, Fort Lauderdale, Atlanta, different places like that. And we were working hard on that, and we were voted the best restaurant in the Smokies during the 90s, you know, three years in a row, just everything you could imagine. We were endorsed by everybody from Billy Graham and his family to Robert Schuller to Peyton Manning to Sting and McCartney, and I had all this stuff, guitars from all these people and jerseys from all these athletes. And so it was amazing. And wow. my partner saw mm-hmm. that, and they put their land up, and I put my sweat into it and our prayers and our musicianship and with all of our relations and friends around the world. And it was very successful, and everything was going the way it's supposed to, and I was going to buy them out. I offered them $2.5 million to buy a 250-seat restaurant, which they had $12,000 invested in in cash. And they turned me down, and they said, we're not going to take less than $5.3 million. And it was like, wow, and we have got to this impasse. And because I was only a 30% equity partner, things went rough. And with lawyers and attorneys, a lot of corporate people that were brilliant, and a lot of ministry people that were brilliant, and a lot of attorneys that were brilliant, they all told me I had one option, and that was to get away from them. They locked me out of my own office. They locked me out of the financial office. They quit paying the payroll taxes, and because I was the president of the corporation, they hung it all on me. And I eventually had to file Chapter 7 and leave it all behind oh. because it was just a fight that I could not win, and especially in the courtrooms of the good old boy network of East Tennessee, it wasn't going to happen. Oh, wow. That is horrible. I understand when things didn't go as planned, you were wide open for a cycle of self-criticism and you started feeling depression and a whole bunch of other things went wrong. What happened? Well, we left the cafe in 2000. A year later, I had ruptured diverticulitis, gallstones, and appendicitis all at once. That almost killed me. My insides had exploded from the fight. Then came the recovery from that. That's when I got on the Ambien, the sleeping medication, because I trained myself all there in the 90s not to sleep. I slept about three hours a night. I told you my schedule, your eye would roll over in your head. I mean, it was amazing. I can't believe I did the things that I did back then. That being said, I took a position as a worship pastor and a teaching pastor to church in the Midwest, fastest growing church in Iowa. It was a great situation. Everybody thought that I was rebounding and recovering. I was writing some of the best stuff I'd ever written. I would lead worship in front of 2,000 people, go up the elevator to my office on a third floor, and look for ways to take my own life because I just couldn't get past what happened to me in Tennessee. And that performing thing that I told you about and that perfectionist spirit, I just really felt that I'd failed God. I wasn't mad at everybody else. I took it out all on myself, self-loathing. I wrote in my book, I was tired of being me. Mm-hmm. And I really felt Nancy and my kids would be better off without me, and everybody that knew me would be better off. And I think the Ambien that I had taken, it's only designed to be taken for a couple of weeks at a time. I'd been on two a night for five years at this point. So I think that enhanced the depression. And that being said, I began to stockpile 
I saved up 200 Ambien and multiple bottles of Dramamine and some prescription Phenegrin, which is anti-nausea meds they give you when you go through surgery, some surgical procedure. And I had the anti-nausea stuff because when I took the Ambien, I didn't want to be sick and lose it all, you know, so it was very premeditated. Oh, wow. You were planning on suicide with this stockpile. Eddie, let's stop there as I think it's surprising for some to hear that your perfectionism ended up leading you to a cycle of depression and thinking about suicide. I want to have you on our next show and hear about how you did try to commit suicide, but God had a different plan for your life. So Eddie, thanks so much for sharing on our show today. Thank you. Hang on. I want to share more about this with you right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is interesting because in Eddie's mind, he had to perform to get acceptance from others and even in his perception from God as well. It's really sad because in his eyes, nothing he did was ever good enough. Now, being a perfectionist can in some ways be a good thing at a professional level. You know, when one takes serious care in their work because they care for others. But if it's too much, it can be debilitating and it can work against you in a negative way. I personally can relate to Eddie in my past as well, especially the story of how he would like do a concert. He had like 3,000 people there. But then afterwards, he would criticize himself and feel unsatisfied after running what others would say is a successful event. Have you ever done that? If you have, you could be struggling with an internal idea that you can change and can control your level of acceptance from others and even God. And if you look inside your heart, the question to ask is, am I trying to earn myself a position or a place in God's eyes? Can I even do that? According to ancient scriptures, for God, it doesn't even work that way. And trying to earn God's acceptance is something that is unnecessary and is really counterproductive. Let's take a look at this in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So according to this, all have sinned. Like we all have sinned. We all don't measure up to God's standards, no matter how good of a whatever we do. And He knows that. You know what's amazing about God is that He knew it and He's doing something about it or He did something about it. He sent His one and only Son to make up the differences that we can't make up the part that we fall short. This is how much God loves you, my friend. 
If you're trying to be perfect all on your own strength in order to be approved by others or God himself, you'll always deep inside know that you fell short. Because we do. Then how should we look at our weaknesses and our shortcomings? Well, it is written in 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches in needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Listen to this. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Apostle Paul in this ancient scripture talks about instead of shaming and criticizing his shortcomings, he would boast about them because he knew that the power of Christ that he receives daily would come to him in greater measure. What about you? Do you just sit there and criticize yourself whenever you do something great or anything at all? You just look back about how you could have done things better? Friend, God only calls us to just try our hardest and then leave the rest to him. After all, he already knows that we can't make it. So Father God, I'm praying for the person who's always criticizing themselves and always having that self-critical voice. And I pray, Lord God, that we just be able to take a moment and say, Jesus, I realize that you accept me as I am right now. I don't have to do anything, Jesus. So the only thing I need to do is I need to receive that acceptance and know that there's nothing else that I can do to change it. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.